The fourth quarter's over, and all the fans in the stadium have left. It's time to put away your jerseys and take off your cleats as you listen to Sports Unpacked, the only podcast where you can unwind from the buzz of game day. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of our new podcast, Sports Unpacked. Once again, I am your host, Miles. To my right, I have Brennan. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. And then we have Mason. Buenas noches. Okay, here you go. All right. So, like I said, if this is our new uh, first time listening, this is our chill podcast that we have after Sports Pack, which is why we call it Sports Unpacked. So, today, uh, we are going to talk about just the new coaches that are happening in college. So, each of us have two coaches that we're going to look over. Let's see. Mason, go with your number one coach. So, for me... And I think this—I think this was probably one of the biggest ones, kind of you know, uh, the star in the light or whatever you want to call it. Um, but this was like head news, um, breaking news. So for me, no one was Lincoln Riley going to USC. So this year, well, while he was at Oklahoma last year, it wasn't his best year. And as you can see, in certain games they did struggle as far as quarterback play, and they had to switch to the five-star Caleb Williams. And, you know, that's Oklahoma last year wasn't that good. And, like I said, they struggled a lot. So, I think it was, like, towards the end of the season, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley had, a, uh, I think it was a press conference or an uh, interview, and he basically said he wasn't leaving or, you know, looking at any other jobs, you know, quotation marks. And I think that Sunday he ended up leaving. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was not even 24 hours hey. after they lost Bethlehem. Yeah, you and know he ended up say. leaving. And I was just like, like, huh? Hey, money talks. That's that's like, that's the thing. Did you tell your players or did you just leave? And I felt like, okay, cool. I was a slap in the face because you had so much talent there. Mm-hmm. Then I found out I found out that, you know, oh, once he, you know, left, of course breaking news, they said he's going to USC. And I was just like, huh? And it shocked me when I read everything as far as the sentence in his contract. I'm like, mm-hmm, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense on why I go in there. And mm-hmm. it's a bigger market, too. Yeah, you probably get a lot more talent. Yeah, California produces California. a lot of talent. Um, you're basically in the backyard, so. All right. So uh, CBS, they gave this hiring an A+, which I, I can see why, um, because he's a great offensive mind. But we all know he doesn't care two things or two bits about defense. Uh, yeah, I mean, his whole thing is he is the quarterback whisperer. That's been Lincoln yeah. Riley's whole whole spiel. Yeah, that's all he cares about. Defense is not his priority, and we can see that at Oklahoma because they score so much points, but they gave us so many points, so um, I mean, I'm not shocked about that. And, I mean, now now that Caleb Williams is just transferred. For, yeah, he transferred there. So. They, yeah, they've been dominating the, the transfer porter since he got there. He's been doing a great job. I know, if you don't know, I'm not going to say it on here because it will be very inappropriate, but... They got a nickname for Lincoln, and it's it's not good. It's funny to me, but it's it's not good. It's I'm, bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. It's, yeah. it's funny to me, but it's it's bad. So I'm not gonna say it. But go look it up. Yeah, I didn't like the way he moved. I didn't like the way he made a decision and and, and left his team so abruptly. Yeah. But um, he's dominated transfer the transfer portal. Some of his players have transferred there. One of our linebackers of that Alabama, he was really he he wasn't that good. And Brendan knows what I'm talking about. He wasn't that good. When oh yeah, was, Shane Lee. Yeah, he wasn't that good. Um, he's going there. Uh, so he's been dominating and, and killing the transfer portal. Now, with that being said, I would like to see you know kind of what he you know he does this year. I think offensively, they'll be good, but I think defensively they're struggling this year. So 
That's mine. Well, so, Brennan, who is your first pick for new coaches? Okay, so I got to shout out Billy Napier mm-hmm. because okay. I feel like at Florida, you know, he's already done some really big things because honestly, Dan Mullen wasn't it. No. no. I mean, he had a couple good seasons. He had that one good season with Trask and Pitts and Tony and all them. Took him to the SC Championship. Lost in a great game to Alabama because everyone expected them to get blown out that game. They did their thing, but Billy Napier has gone in. And he took their recruiting class from 54 to 19th. That's, so it's that's had a, a big he's jump. had a yeah. big jump, and he's gotten some big-time offensive linemen there and some big-time defensive it. player, which they absolutely needed you because need the it. two biggest flaws of Florida's team last couple of years was O-line Line. and they DBs. Protect. And now they're, protect. Yeah, exactly. And now they're recruiting DBs and O-line, so I feel like he's gone there. And just he's implemented a new culture, and right. I respect that because yeah. Dan Mullen's culture was kind of goofy, kind of yeah, all over the place. Serious. Yeah, and during the season, he made a comment where he's like, oh, I don't recruit during the season. I'm going to recruit after the season because it's not recruiting season. Well, guess what? Yeah. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, the best coaches in the country, they're recruiting during the season. Yeah. Man, not Nick even... Saban showed up to watch Archie Ball. That's how you know Archie he was... Ball? Well, uh, Archie he, Manning Ball right he, there. He, he Archie wasn't balling. But... <laughs> <laughs> but... He had like six or eight points. You know, he, he did some nice things. But, yeah, I know I, no, I get what you're saying. Um, I actually never knew that uh, he went to – uh, he was uh, the head coach for the Raging Cajuns. I didn't know that. Yeah, he did really well there. And uh, he actually coached under Nick Saban at Alabama for a couple years. And he did some really big things there. And, you know, overall, I just think he's instilling a much better culture at Florida because right. Mullen, he had a couple. He's a great offensive mind, great offensive coordinator, great play caller. You know, he had a really good career at Mississippi State. But Florida, mm-hmm. it just was never a good fit. And I feel like Billy Napier is going there and establishing the culture they need going forward to compete with Georgia. Because, I mean, Georgia at this point, I mean, they dominate the East. And right. Florida had to bring someone in that can recruit, number one, and also instill that culture to be able to compete because Georgia is just so far ahead of the rest of the East. Yeah. You make some good points for that. So mine would be Mario Cristobal. Well, that was my first one. If you didn't know, he used to be the old Oregon head coach. Now he is at the University of Miami. The U. The U. I think this is a good hire for them. Miami has always just been like that one team that you always have high expectations for, and then they just never yeah. They just never pan out. What happened this and, past season? They came in number 14. Bama beat right. the brakes off of them, and then they were never and the same. And it's just like, it's my, you know what Miami is? Miami just always, like, they either start off good, and then, like, they just have one bad loss, and then everything just goes off the rails. Like, they just don't know how to, like, recoup after that. And, I mean, Mario Cristobal is a good coach, but, I mean, like, we saw how Oregon looked this year. Oregon was the same thing. Oregon was so good. or They had that big win over Ohio State. Remember, we watched that game, Mason. Oh, and yeah. here they, they, they won against Ohio State. Yeah, week three. And then week three. And then slowly, a little bit surely, it just started going downhill. The downhill. They got whooped by Utah yep. twice. Oh, yeah, yeah twice. Bad. They got whooped by Utah twice. That, that ball game was atrocious. That's the thing about Cristobal to me is he's a great recruiter. He's a great program right. builder. But X's and O's, he still has a lot to prove because Oregon gets in big games and they get yeah. outcoached game after game. All quarterback, game. Play. quarterback play. All the time. I mean, but even. Last two years, I, for me. But, I mean, even when he had Justin Herbert. he uh, Yeah, that's true. I mean, Justin Herbert, we saw how good Justin Herbert was. I mean, obviously. And he uh, didn't even look that good in college. 
No, he I really didn't. He wasn't I mean, his the crazy year, he yeah, wasn't doing that. What was that, 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 that bowl game? Did the uh, when they play? Would they play Washington? Was it Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Yeah, it was Wisconsin. Right, and he and Justin Herbert looked like a subpar quarterback yeah, exactly. in, in that game. Yeah, he, I mean, he made plays that need to be. He made plays that needed to be that needed to be made. But other than that, it wasn't nothing that was eye popping or flashy plays or right, nothing right, that right. really took the breath out of you to be like, okay, cool. He could potentially be a top quarterback in the league, but I think as the season went on and that bowl game, he kind of uh, made a name for himself and made a statement. Yeah, but I just feel like Crystal Ball, like they said, because CBS even said it, they gave it an A. And I think Mario Crystal Ball is a good coach when it comes to recruiting because Oregon, uh, from the time he was there, Oregon has had good has had good talent. I mean, you had the Sewell brothers there. Like I said, you had Justin Herbert and everything. But what Brennan said, when it just comes to big games, they're going to get out. They they just get out coached. Hey, Miami's got a quarterback next year, though. Sophomore Tyler Van Dyke. Because he had a great right. year this past year. 25 touchdowns, 6 picks, and only 10 games. So he has the quarterback. He has the foundation. Yeah. And he's recruiting well. So now it's just, you know, putting it in place and winning. Right, so for our next, so our second round. So these aren't the most prominent coaches. These are just like coaches that you see on the radar who you might be good. So um, we're going to start with you, Brandon. Who is your second coach? Okay, so this is another pretty big-time coach, and I just want to talk about him for the same exact reason that I talked about Billy Napier, and it's Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, he's in the news for that goofy dancing, you know, that oh, tight yeah. end. He switched to Bama, you know, because right. A, roll tight, and B, Nick Saban's not doing that goofy stuff. He's winning <laughs> national championships. But Ed Orgeron, I mean, besides 2019, he was just a goofy cheerleader. Right. You know, like he wasn't bringing anything to the table that wasn't motivational. But mm. Brian Kelly, I mean, his career at Cincinnati, his career at Notre Dame, he's a winner. You know, he'll he get is. 9, 10, 11 wins every single year. And yeah. you bring that to Louisiana, LSU, which I hate to admit it, it recruits itself. Yeah. And, my, and, but, uh, and I will say that. But my only thing with Notre Dame is time and time, I, I watch Notre Dame because my granddad was a, like one of the biggest Notre Dame fans. And I've always yeah. watched Notre Dame. And every time Notre Dame always, they have their 11, 12 win seasons. And then they get to the playoffs and they get bounced. They, now, get, they get trashed. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that Brian Kelly has a lot to prove in those situations. Right. But two things I will say in his favor is, number one, it's a lot harder to recruit in Notre Dame because you got this the academic true. standards. Yeah, the academic standards. Number yeah. one. And number two, I mean, a lot of kids just want to stay at home. And right, Louisiana right. is one of the best hotbeds of talent. Right. And, I, so. and I get that, but – I. And you remember specifically that year where it was, uh, I think it might have been Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence Clemson when they played. Yeah, Clemson. yeah, that was 2018. And 2018, yeah. and then they got, and that because everybody was talking about, oh yeah, Clemson might, Clemson might do some damage. I think it was 31 to three. Exactly, yeah. and they and they got bounced, and I'm like, and it was like Brian Kelly has had success, but when it really counts, he hasn't really. Yeah. At Notre Dame, he hasn't stepped up See, all that much. My thing with him, though, is they needed someone to go in with a good track record and good stability. Right. Because he's going to bring – because LSU was kind of like Auburn is right now, which we'll get to in a little bit. It's just a program in absolute hellfire. Right. And he can come in. He can kind of, you know, man the ship, kind of steady everything, calm everyone down, have a good four or five years there. And then they can bring someone else in, you know, who's a little bit younger, a little bit more exciting, a little bit more of a sexy hire, if you will. Right, but, but you can't – but right, but uh, – and I – and I'll toss it to you, Mason, about bad. But I'll just say, like, 
you can't now you in the SEC, okay? You yeah. can't you can't be doing this whole 12-11 season getting bounced in the playoffs. Yeah. Cuz at some point you like now you in Notre Dame, okay? You you face sometimes you got a little bit of easy schedule. But now we really gonna see what your coaching record is like when you facing teams like, and then you gotta face you gotta face Georgia, you gotta face the Alabamas, the Floridas, like you know what I'm saying? That's when well, it's really gonna show. You know what's interesting is Notre Dame actually had a better recruiting class this year than LSU did. I'm gonna exactly. get to that. I'm gonna get to that. Yeah. That was crazy. Um, now to pick to piggyback off off of um, Brian Kelly, I think he brings that winning mentality which. LSU truly needs. Mm-hmm. Um, he can recruit O lineman like crazy. Yeah, that's one thing he can do. He oh, can yeah. recruit O lineman because right. South Bend. Um, Quentin um, Nelson, one of the best <sighs> in the NFL. Him. Uh, what was the other tackle? I forgot his name. I know exactly who you're talking you know about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they, yeah, they produce highly touted, highly draft pick O lineman. And like I said, he can recruit linemen. He can get that O-line together. And if we go back to 2019, they had a great offensive line. Mm-hmm. That's why Joe Burrow was so was so spectacular that season because that O-line kept them up and kept them clean. So if he's able to bring them same talented O-linemen down to Louisiana, Baton Rouge, then he can change the the, the trajectory of, of LSU's future and, and where they could be headed. But like I said, it starts in the trenches. Yeah, It starts mm-hmm. in the trenches. And I think this hire, it gives them – a better chance of acquiring them, them um, highly touted um, O-linemen. So yeah. I, I think it's a good hire for them. Well, I think more so just with all these, like, you know, you can always speculate, oh, I think he's going to be good. But until, like, the first season, until we actually see what they do, that's the only time we're going to ever get a good, um, you know, like, full representation of what they do. Mason, who who is your second All right, so coach? for me it was uh, Marcus Freeman. Mm. So... Shouts out to him. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So he was the Notre Dame's D.C. last year when Brian Kelly was the head coach. And when Brian Kelly left, they were hiring, whatever, going to do interviews and all that type of stuff. And I thought, and another one of my buddies who used to work at the station, Sean, he's a big Notre Dame fan. Right. I thought, okay, cool, Marcus Freeman can be that person you need to kind of, you know, take it because everybody knows him. He knows South Bend. He knows how to recruit. And like I said, he knows how to coach that defense well. So why not promote him? And it just so happened it worked out. You know, all in one, and they end up promoting Marcus Freeman to head coach. Now I'll say this: was the, I think it was the Cotton Bowl? Was the Cotton Bowl the Fiesta? No, the Fiesta. Yeah, I guess Oklahoma State. Oh, they were mm-hmm. up. I think it's halftime. Miles, he texted me. I was we was talking in the chat. They were dominating that. They game. were dominating the whole game, yeah. offense and defense. I don't know what happened. But Oklahoma State, the, the switch right. flipped I, off I, of them. I, I told you I was watching And they that took game. it over. Yeah, I was and watching Marcus Freeman, game. they couldn't do nothing. They couldn't stop it. And I was just like, yeah. are, is, is this the Marcus Freeman we're going to see at Notre Dame? Right. I, like, are, are we going to see this type of Marcus Freeman team? I will say, mm-hmm. in his favor, it's so hard when you lose a coach like that and you have to step in and lead a group of guys because they were yeah, all I'll, really fired yeah. up. But it's just a yeah. lot of distractions. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give him a excuse And it that. was just like how Brian Kelly left. That was the yeah. ter- that yeah. was a, that was a terrible that, way to that, leave. It was, yeah, it was like bad that. way to leave. And I mean, at least he told his players. But at the same time, it's just like I'll get I'll excuse because like having to step in and get your team ready on short notice of you being the head coach is just like okay, cool. Now of course your defense knows what to do because you're the DC. Mm-hmm. So your defense should have been prepared because they know how to do. They know how to uh, they know the plays. They know what to do, and they know you know they know how to execute. So that's not an excuse for them. But offensively, I can kind of give him leeway on that loss, but. He's been dominating. CBS gave him this grade a B. I think it's an A. Yeah, I think it should be an A. I think it's an A. At least um, an A minus. Reason why is because he was seventh 
in the recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Seven. Yeah. Seven. He signed four four-star tackles and yes. a four-star running back. Exactly. So not only is that that machine or that train of, you know, these highly touted O-linemen still coming through yep. you know, um, South Bay, it's continued to come even after Brian Kelly has left or, or departed. So they're still able to bring in these highly touted linemen to help them out. That's why I said, and he got one, I think he got a top ring DN too, and he was going oh, crazy. He, he's doing mm-hmm. crazy with linebackers. He's got a five-star and four four-star linebackers. You see what I'm in. saying? Because crazy. he played linebacker himself, so he know, he know what it takes to get to that next level. He knows what it takes to play at that level consistently and on, you know, on that level. So that's why I feel like that grade is an eight, but he was seventh in the recruiting class. And for him to be able to go, you know, go into these kids' house, tell them what he, you know, sees from them or what he thinks they could potentially do for his team. And then having them players be able to commit, believe in him and and, and commit and sign with, you no know, South Bend or sign with Notre Dame is just kind of like, like, dang, like he's actually doing it. So, and that's why I said next year, look out for Notre Dame because I deep, I think their defense is going to be better than it was this year. Right. I truly, truly think that because Michael Freeman is a, is an excellent DC. So that's how I feel. But yeah, but we'll see how they look on offense. You know, I gotta yeah. go look at his staff. I, I uh, I really think uh, he'll do a good job. But my coach, last one we're gonna talk about for tonight is Brent Venables. Okay. Uh, I like it. Clemson, uh, uh, former Clemson DC, and he went to Oklahoma to replace Lincoln Riley. I just feel like, in my honest opinion, I really feel like Brent Venables is walking into a burning house right now, just from the way Lincoln left everything. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It's just like Brent Venables is gonna walk into a situation where, because they they had pro they had programmed this school around Lincoln. They're like, okay, Lincoln, this is what we're going to do. We're like, we're going to cater to you. We're going to we're going to put the staff in place that you want to run this program. And then Lincoln just leaves in the middle of the night, which basically he did. And then now Brent is like, well, Brent is trying to just thrown into this weird situation. Now, the one thing that I that I have my concerns with is Brent Venables is is a very good DC. Especially that year um, 2018 with Trevor Lawrence. That it's probably the defense, best defensive line I've ever seen. Yeah, that Clemson line, that defense, they literally, I know the score might not seem, but they literally trashed Alabama in that game. Oh, yeah, like, they, I mean, they beat us by 28. That's the yeah. most we've ever been beat under Saban. Yeah, so that's, was that's, that, was, that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously that offense had a lot to do with it, but that defense was oh, yeah. was uh, was out. crazy because wasn't that where they had uh, – was AJ AJ Terrell was on that was on that team right or what? Yes, he, it was. he yeah, was. Yeah, AJ was on that team as well too. Yeah. So they had a lot of talent. Obviously, we've seen in recent years, even this year, twenty twenty one, Clemson really wasn't doing all that hot. Well, the thing was, their defense was great all season long. Their offense was just inept. I yeah, mean, at one point, it was, was bottom 20 in the FBS. So, yeah. I mean, if you're Clemson, you have two national championships yeah. in 2016. It was terrible. You can't be that bad on offense. It was terrible. It started at this Well, It starts with the O-linemen. The O-linemen were right. terrible. They couldn't hold blocks. They couldn't keep DJ up. And it comes back to the quarterback. DJ is just not that good of a quarterback. He can't mm-hmm. process reads. He can't make reads fast enough. I'll say this for Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel coming in, he will be able to ball out there. I yeah, feel like they have right. the weapons good, around him to do fit. well. He's good out of UCF. He has a lot more talent around him now, so you'll see yeah. his game go to the next level. And another thing, 
their schedule is so easy. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, they play Nebraska, Texas, Iowa State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State. Those are the only teams they play that might yeah. be in that ranked say, kind of yeah, right. conversation. I think, I think Texas can give them a run for their money because Texas has a Texas has a good defense. I mean, not defense, but a, a very good uh, offense. But as far as defensively, Texas is not that good at defense. They've never been really right. known for defense for a good amount of years. So I'm not expecting to. I'm not expecting them to come into 2022 fall and just dominate. Right. I expect them to score a lot of punts offensively like they did last year, but defense, I, I, I don't expect Yeah, I don't do think uh, Oklahoma is not going to be that air raid offense. No, 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 yeah, I, I, don't not, yeah. I don't see them scoring a lot of points. definitely not going to be that. I don't see them scoring a lot of points. It's going to be very, very low-scoring games. And honestly, the entire um, Big 12 has went that way, too, because, I mean, right. Baylor and Oklahoma State last year were defensive-oriented teams, yeah. and they were the two best in right. the conference. So. Uh, you see what they did, because, like I said, Notre Dame held them and came back and won. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is true. You know, that's my pick. Uh, CBS gave him a B-minus. I would, I would, I would agree. I would agree with that. Maybe a B, B plus. Maybe and I think because I think Britt Venables, he he brings like a good defensive mindset. Yeah, a good mindset to that team. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was yeah. there before. Clemson. Yeah, that's what I was, he was, with he was there. Staff. He yeah. knows that yeah. history. He knows that lineage. He just knows Oklahoma well. So right. it's just like you're coming back to your roots. It's just like I, I can come here and I can do what I need to do because I was here before. So it's still, it's still in me, right? But like I said, even though I was at Clemson, this Oklahoma is still in me because I was here before I went to Clemson, and I yeah. know how to work around, you know, Norman, and I know how yeah, to yeah. bring players into uh, on this team to fit my scheme. Now for Oklahoma next year, the best thing is they're not in the SEC yet. Oh yeah, no. because they oh, get yeah, a year that, or two to you challenge. know play through the easy exactly, schedule, recruit, build, recruit, mm-hmm. and yes. then hit the SEC. Because yeah. once they hit the SEC, yeah, it's game time. Yeah, that's when the big boy pants need to come on, and that's when they want yeah, to see defensively. Results. Their big boy pants need to come right. on because. You have to be able to play defense in the SEC. Yep. You have to. It's one of the hardest, you know, conferences. Obviously, that is all the time we have uh, for you guys tonight. Obviously, as I said, we just went over all the coaching carousel for college this semester. So, hopefully, we'll see how these new coach hires pan out um, in the long run. But this has been Mason. Brendan. And Mason. You just said me. Oh, I did? You said I Mason. I said my, I thought I said my name. <laughs> That's, That's why I paused for a well, second. Anyway, like, there go Mason. Uh, Say something, Mason. I'm here. And I am Miles. So we will catch you next time on another episode of Sports Unpacked. Peace out.